we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? And it's also, ah, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. Live WTF at the Steve Allen Theater in Los Feliz, which is a section of Los Angeles or something. Yeah, thank you for coming out. Everybody all right? Oh, we got a fucking amazing show. Mojo Nixon is here. Fucking Mojo Nixon! I can't believe fucking Mojo Nixon. You got to say fucking before you say Mojo Nixon. Hey, I got a one bag of WTF roast from JustCoffee.coop, and I'm throwing it into the center of the crowd. All right. That's all the giveaways right now. I got buttons. You want buttons? Should I throw buttons out? But they might, what if they stick and they hurt somebody and then I'm sued? Wouldn't that be horrible if that's how I went down? Some guy's like, I can't see out of my eye. What the fuck? Am I starting the show correctly? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What the fuckstables? <laughs> Welcome, one and all. I am Mark Marin. I did buy... Uh, I was at Target, and I have to say, now this is, um, I, this is not really what I need to talk about, but the Target in Glendale is fucking spectacular. And uh, seriously, the one in Eagle Rock can go fuck itself. I'm never going to that ghetto Target again. Go the extra mile and go to fucking Glendale. Many layers, it's easy to deal with. But the, what they had there was a, it was just sitting there, it wasn't even demanding that much attention. Dunkin' Donuts by the pound coffee. Now, I, well, well, that's interesting that you applaud because it's such an East Coast thing. So those people must have experienced the pure juice of the Dunkin' Donuts on the East Coast. Because I've talked about this before because I've become progressively more obsessively shallow as I get older. And the Dunkin' Donuts on the East Coast, when that shit first came out, I, if I got one, they used to call them the big one. So it was basically like a fucking pint of coffee and you'd order it regular, right? Milk, two sugars. You drink one of those and you could fucking hit a car. <laughs> and you wouldn't even think twice about it. You'd just be like, fuck you, car. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts coffee, problem? <laughs> now I didn't know whether it would have the same impact if I ground it myself, but I'm, I'm proud to report, look at my fucking eyes. I had to cut that shit before I drank the coffee. When I came here, I, I cut, I, I went one half just coffee.coop, one half Dunkin' Donuts, and I'm fucked up, man. I haven't slept in two days. I got that Dunkin' Donuts coffee, and then you start doing like, it's so good. What, and then you, you do this thing, it's like 7.30. I mean, fuck, 7.30, that's fine. Fuck, three in the morning, I'm like, am I sleeping? Am I sleeping? I think I'm sleeping. Why am I fighting with my dad? Let's get to the core of what I need to talk about, and that is these fucking jeans. Now, well, here's the thing. See, I don't know if I, I, I may have brought this up a little bit, but I was in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm a fucking sucker for things. I, I, I try not to be. I protect myself from being a mark because I come from a long line of marks. My father's a sucker. His father was a sucker. It's genetic. You know, they can see you coming. They'll fucking take advantage of you. I try, I'm very aware of that to the point where I don't uh, have any friends. So... <laughs> I, I, you know, if I meet somebody, I'm like, this guy could be my friend. Within seconds, it's like, I know what you're getting at. 
How much is this going to cost me? Um, but so I go to Nashville, and I go to this place, uh, Emma Jean and Willie. This is a gene place, because uh, my management company, now my management company, they represent this gene place, so I figure I can get cheap jeans, which I could. So I go there to get my cheap pants, but of course, it's a thing. Emma Jean and Willie is a thing. It's one of these fucking hipster fucking jean things, but like they got the whole thing going on. You go to their only store, which is an old gas station, they literally sell seven items. All right, just seven items. There's like two kinds of jeans, a shirt, a hat, and, uh, and then a shoe that they'll order for you. All right? Now, everybody who works there has a beard. It uh, looks very... Uh, but they, they're trying to push the integrity beard. Like, I earned this beard. This is, you know, this isn't just a, you know, fluke beard. You know, this is the beard of my father's. All right? There's a dog on the premises and in the catalog. So how the fuck are you going to argue with that? I'm like, I'm in. These have got to be the realest pants ever. There's a dog there. But I could not believe how much I just bought it. You, you get into the jeans there, and then they have a, a, a woman there that will hem them while you stand there with the perfect jean hem thing. And I was just like, holy fuck, this is the best thing ever. Then, of course, comes the thing where they're like, now we recommend you don't wash these, say, ever. <laughs> now, I've been through this before with fucking pants, and they were Levi's, and I was not going to do that bullshit. Someone told me to sit in a bathtub with a new pair of pants and then get out and walk around and let them dry on my fucking body. <laughs> I'm a 48-year-old man, and I'm walking around in wet pants going, this is how you do it. <laughs> and that, that's like the bathtub. I, I, I podcast it from the bathtub. But look, it's on one of the early ones. I don't know which. So they tell me this thing, don't wash them. And I'm like, all right, I'm fucking on it this time because there's a dog here, and these pants have integrity. I'm not going to fuck up your pants that I bought for me by washing them. I'm not going to do that to your company. That's how much I love this shit. So I get home, and I'm so committed to these pants. And I'll lock in with pants or boots, and I'll work the fuck out of those things. And I'm not going to wash them for life. I'm, and, and I'm talking to other people about pants that you don't wash. And, of course, there's that. It's like, don't they start to smell like balls eventually? <laughs> and, then, and then the person you're talking to, like, just throw them in the freezer. I'm like, oh, fuck, of course. So... <laughs> So I'm not going to wash these pants, folks, right? And then I'm like a month and a week into these pants not washing them. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm having a writing day, which means, of course, I'm scouring pots. Um, it's amazing how right when I sit down to write my book, it's like, how do you get that shit off of those pots? <laughs> Comet and a scouring. Well, oh, I got to go buy a scouring thing, like a copper one. So... I'm in there writing my book, scouring a pot with a copper scouring thing, and I put comet at the bottom of the pot, and I liquefied it with a little water so you get that comet juice going, and I'm going at this pot, and out of the pot pops a big old fucking blob of comet juice on the pants I can't wash for a lifetime. So I'm in a fucking crisis. Now, because I'm like, fuck, fuck, I, what, I can't wipe it off. It won't come off. It's probably bleaching. It's going to make a spot on jeans, and you don't want jeans to have spots on them. When did that happen? And, and so I don't know what to do, so I fill out the bathtub with water, and I soak them in cold water without using soap, and then I hang them out to dry, all right? Now, this would all be interesting and maybe slightly obsessively funny 
if my girlfriend wasn't there to witness this fucking meltdown. This is a woman who works with autistic children. <laughs> who after, with, within a half an hour of me compulsively checking the pants to see if there was a spot where the comet was and also saying, they're fucked, I gotta get new pants. <laughs> after about an hour of that, she told me I was perseverating, uh, which apparently is when an autistic person locks in on a behavior. And I could not argue with her. But when she was out of the house, I immediately called Emma Jean and Willie. I said, look, don't tell the dog this, but I fucked up the pants. <laughs> and I told them the whole story. And I, I don't know if they thought I was crazy. Because I, I, I was literally, like, tr like, almost guiltily explaining myself. Look, I was going to not wash them. And, and then I got Comet. Like, you know when you mix Comet with water, it went on the pants, and I couldn't just wipe it off? And, and I, 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 I got him wet. <laughs> I put him in the water. And then the woman's like, it's okay. It's okay. Some people actually rinse them once before they start the process. I'm like, but I want to do the real way. <laughs> Can you send me some more pants, please? And that's these, so I'm starting over again. And there's a lot of stuff going on in the world I'm not going to talk about. So, let's do a couple of emails, because we like these. You know what you need, subject line. You need an intern, not a fancy cherub-faced NYU Tisch School intern. You need a 28-year-old, balding, slightly overweight, non-threatening Latino intern. I'm not sure what I would do, though. I can use Microsoft Word. <laughs> I type this message there first. <laughs> and play the occasional instrument. I imagine I could learn how to make coffee. <laughs> you wouldn't have to pay me or look at me. <laughs> You're fucking intrigued right now, Chris. Chris, I've, I've got it covered. I appreciate it. That was a very, uh, you know, promising resume. <laughs> this is sort of a touching in, uh, uh, email in a way that I, I don't really know what to do with it. Uh, your slightly disturbing sixth grade fan club. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Last week, my sweet, cheerful, and entirely non-tortured 11-year-old daughter rushes out of her room to say, Mom, have you heard of this guy named Mark Marin?" He's the best. He's so smart, and he's so funny, and he's funny because he's smart. He's not doing stupid voices or making fun of people. He's just talking about stuff. I love him. As much as I love your work, this is not really what I expected or necessarily wanted to hear from an 11-year-old since I can't recommend your awesome current material for the incredibly super underage crowd. Luckily, it turns out that she's found you in a perfectly okay way. She's been watching my Dr. Katz professional therapist DVDs, and you were by far her favorite guest on the show. She can quote your bits by heart. Unfortunately, she's asked me if she can listen to any of your new material, which I can't really allow, except for your appearances on Late Night TV. But when she figures out how to download podcasts without my permission, that's pretty much going to be the end of it. <laughs> Anyway, I thought you might find it amusing that you have a super dedicated sixth grade fan who can't wait to be old enough to be allowed to listen to you. 
Best regards, Alyssa. P.S. So I asked her who else she liked on Dr. Katz, and she said, oh, my next favorite is Louis C.K. <laughs> <laughs> this kid is in trouble. He's also really smart. Doesn't he have a TV show that you record? Can I watch it? Which was another hell no moment. <laughs> but I'm proud that she's got such great taste in comedy at such an early age. After you and Louis C.K., her favorites from the show are Dom Irera. She thinks his shtick where he inappropriately expresses his love for Dr. Katz is hilarious. And Gilbert Gottfried, because she finds his voice restful. I honestly don't know what to think about those last two choices. <laughs> Look out for that kid. You know, some of these people that send me their dreams, I don't know. <laughs> some of them are getting a little... Like, like, I read this one, I thought, like, this must have been made up, but then I thought, like, why would he make up this ending? <laughs> Shit mark, dot, dot, dot. I'm not sure why this happened but I had the worst nightmare of my life involving you. It started with me in an Applebee's drinking a beer with my buddy. And as we went our separate ways, I went into the parking lot and saw a ghostly figure standing in the distance. I was so disturbed by this apparition that I began to run frantically to my vehicle, hoping that I could reach my door before this red-eyed ghoul devoured my soul. As I reached my point of supposed safety, this monster intercepted me, and it was your face on the top of a large wolf's body. You, or my version of you, began to maul me in such an intrusive way that I never felt that violated <laughs> since my voice cracked in the middle of my fifth grade graduation during a solo of Somewhere Out There from the soundtrack of An American Tale. Hang on to your seats, folks. As your wolf dick penetrated my manhole, I pleaded helplessly for my ass virginity. I laid on my face as you finished your indulgent deed on my back. And as this distorted you turned to leave, I screamed, Happy Hanukkah! I'm not sure what else to say, but fuck you. Love the show. That's from Pete. See, like, that, that end would indicate that it was probably real. I mean, why would he make that up? <laughs> Let me bring my first comic up. This guy recently made his own uh, documentary that's very compelling and um, sadly funny. Uh, please welcome Steve Mazon to the stage. Comedian Steve Mazon. Sit down here, buddy. Do I sit down sit here? Sit right like a, next to me. Like in a rich Do, movie? Don't be like afraid. We're have dinner? No, you sit dinner. right next to me, Steve. Bay Area comedian, correct? Correct. Started in? San Francisco. I was there. And you, yeah. you claimed to have worked with me, and I said, no, you did not. <laughs> you, you remember it well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and what happened that night? Did I do something well, stupid? Well, you exposed your wolf dick to me, and... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Again, God you damn think you it. remember coming on a guy's back, but uh, <laughs> apparently not. I'm only supposed to do that in dreams. <laughs> I hadn't controlled it yet. <laughs> you do it enough, it's, it's not memorable anymore. Yeah, it I know, I know. I really thought that was just happening. We actually, heads. this was, uh, I think it was 2002, mm -hmm. and it, uh, it was San Francisco. Yep. So what very, club? Uh, Punchline. Okay, I got and, the scene. Uh, yeah, you got, you got into it uh, one night. It was one of my uh, favorite 
uh, comedy moments mm. at that point, and yeah. it still is. Uh, you got in it with some uh, kind of a bush lover, which is okay. is hard to find in San Francisco. But right. you got in into it with them, and right. it went on for about fifteen minutes, and you just laid into them so much. I mean, everyone was like, you know, the comics milling in the back. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd seen a couple of your sets already, so knew what you were doing. And then, of course, like everyone's just like, what the? Oh uh-huh. yeah, and pulled up a yeah. chair and was like. You know, yeah. sat down and got ready to watch, and uh-huh. yeah, it went out for, there, was for a long crying? time. Was there crying? Did I fucking push him over the edge? Uh, you cried a little, but really, <laughs> no, no, yeah. it was amazing. It was great. It good. was, it was, it was fantastic. It was almost too good because then, you know, you see that as a young comic, and I'm yeah. like, that was amazing. And because some of my comic friends were out, everyone yeah. wanted to see you, you know, and. Uh, but, the but then th- everyone thinks they can do that. You know what I mean? I went, uh, that, I was like, fuck yeah, that's, Mark knows what he's doing. And then, you know. Do you, you do crowd work, though? You're, you're Mark Marin. No, well, I mean, that's not the greatest thing all the time. <laughs> no, no, no. But, you know, it's like someone seeing Steve, <laughs> evil can evil and, uh, and being like, well, I have a motorcycle. I can do that, you know? I'm going to give that a try. But so you know, I remember just, yeah, getting into it with audience members. They're like, oh, I was just listening. What are you, why are you, why are you angry at me? <laughs> <laughs> That's always the worst where you go too far and you realize, holy fuck, this guy's got nowhere to go. Well, that's, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and then you feel bad and then you feel like sort of like, come on, buddy. It's such an abusive thing when you just fucking eviscerate somebody yeah, yeah. and you win and then you sort of like, we good, man? Are we good? Yeah, you feel bad right on the way out. I was just joking that, around. No tears. No tears. Yeah, you can call your dad if you need to. But... um <laughs> But the weird thing about doing that, though, if you do that, the, the possibility of following it with jokes is fucked. You're done. Yeah, You're done. because if you do that 10 minutes in and you just fucking tear a crowd open like yeah. that and you just you know take a human sacrifice and yeah. on the altar of comedy, then you're like, <laughs> you're like, okay, back to this thing about driving, you know? <laughs> You can't fucking come back. No, you from can't that. Come. Well, that's you, what I didn't understand. That's uh, what I thought. Oh, you know, you didn't. You weren't. It, it no, you better make it a long. It wasn't crowd a teachable work. moment. A you teachable know? moment. I, <laughs> I really thought. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, I see it. what he's doing. I can, that can be done. And some dudes don't yeah. do crowd work at all. There are some guys I know, like uh, some great comics, yeah. that like as soon as somebody pipes in, they're like, no, they right, literally right. will not engage at yeah. all. I kind of respect that, but how can you not just like, no, fuck you? Well, yeah, it's, it's tough, especially when, you know, I always try and ride that line, like, is it just me that's hearing it, me and that person? It always is just you. And then, then you, you, the like, problem. there's that weird yeah. trick, like, if somebody says something, you, you're supposed to repeat it so the people in back can hear it, but right, then you right, end up right, repeating right. things like, uh, the gentleman up front just said, I suck. Now right, we're going to exactly. address that. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of tricky because yeah. a lot of times people in the back are like, "What the fuck is going on?" You're right. just you're yelling at somebody that is apparently defenseless and mute to somebody well, in the back. I have a story about that. Okay. It wasn't mute, but I was. I got in. This guy kept texting over like in this area, and it was like this where you can't really see, but I could see him texting. I said I made fun of him a couple times, hoping that, it, and that was going well. And then all of a sudden, the guy next to him started texting. So I I really laid into that guy. Yeah. Like, and now I wasn't. It wasn't even trying to be funny anymore. Oh, uh, you were like, Dude, put it down. Yeah, I just was just angry. Stop. It was just angry. And then all of a sudden, at some point, the crowd like they were booing me, and I was like, Oh, that's the, the worst. Fuck? I lost him, you know. And, yeah. And I had to bring. There was another comic after me, so I I brought him up, and as it was my buddy Lee Levine, and as we crossed paths, he shook my hand and he goes, you know that guy's in a wheelchair. And I was like, oh, fuck. And, and you, here's the crazy thing. This is how sad it is. In the moment, I was like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Fuck him. He was texting. He was texting. It's bullshit. <laughs> I can wheel him out of here. Get him out. 
And you went over there and said, you're fucking going. You're out of here. I push him. Yeah, boo me now. Fuck him. We had we had the ramp where we had it took five minutes. <laughs> just dump him out in front of the club. You just wait. Yeah. So, and yeah, throw was, his phone on him. There, my show. Yeah. And then I made the mistake. I, I thought that was a funny story. Once it blown up, you know, and I put it on Facebook. Oh, hey, got in it with someone tonight. He was, you know, and uh, didn't know he was handicapped. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was, I thought it was funny. And, yeah. But then everyone, it was on Facebook, everyone wrote me like, here's what you should have done. Here's how you should have handled it. And then I was mad at everyone. Yeah. Was my friend. I yeah. was like, fuck you, you didn't you weren't there. You know what I mean? You would have kicked the guy out too, you know. They wouldn't have. Yeah, you it, just yeah. couldn't defend it because you Yeah, there's no, no way you could defend it. But you fought the good fight. I tried. Yeah, I you, you're good, you're but. and then you started you make bumper stickers. Even people in wheelchairs are dicks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there was those are the people I love that the what the people that yeah fed my ego and were like, you were right, fuck yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. just because he's in a wheelchair doesn't mean he's, he's, he's entitled yeah, to anything. Exactly. Good yeah. one, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people were like, he didn't have far to walk if you kicked him out. He was probably parked up front. You know, yeah. Oh, look at you. Know. <laughs> so. But that's the weird thing, though, when you do crowd work, is you can feel that moment where, like, there are, everyone's on your side, yeah. and then you just cry. They, only in comedy can you create something that's the equivalent of, a, of like, a verbal lynch mob. <laughs> that's exactly that, it. That, like, within a second will decide to lynch you. That's, that's the tricky part. It's yeah. unbelievable. Like, you know, it's just like you could just feel it. Like, they're like, yeah, fuck that guy. And then you say one thing, and they're like, no! <laughs> fuck you! Right. He's one of us. Right. You went too far. Yeah. Exactly. Try to entertain us now. <laughs> yeah, you're the guy with the torch up front. You think you're leading them, and then you realize they're chasing you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I'm running. Oh, a, they're not with me. So let's uh, let's talk about this thing you did. Um, I, I don't know how to set it up. Like, maybe I'll, let me try it delicately. All right. You have cancer. What? <laughs> you have a guy on your podcast to give him that diagnosis? Did you? Uh, I do. I was actually uh, I was diagnosed uh, five years ago, six years ago now. Uh, with cancer in two places, my intestine and my liver, a bunch of surgery to get rid of the stuff in my intestines, still dealing with the liver stuff. Uh, but it, I was given five years at that point. That was yeah. the worst case scenario. How long ago was that? And that was six years ago. Uh -huh. So living on a good time, yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, listen, after uh, you go through all the things you, you hear about, you know, uh, depression, disbelief, anger, all that kind five of stuff. Five stages. Five stages. I took the anger out on people in wheelchairs and stuff like that. And <laughs> uh, Did you use that one? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't I give a fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trump card. That's Look right. <laughs> Looks like you're all saying, you got wheels, I got cancer. <laughs> did you do that? I did do that. Uh, did you have cancer then? I did it. I did, yeah. Oh, you should have used well, it, Well, I didn't dude. know. It was one of those, like... Always play the I, then, cancer I think, card. Then they, I think the audience would have been like, now he's, he's bullshit. Now he would. It's not only Prove it. You yeah, do it. Let's see it. <laughs> Get the MRI machine. Let's see it. That would have been fucking hilarious. So, I'll put hey. my doctor on the phone right now. <laughs> Listen. I'm texting my doctor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's who the guy was texting. Does this guy have cancer? <laughs> and then the wheelchair guy's, he's got it. He's, he's got, got it. cancer. Go. He's good. He's, he's good. like, my bad. <laughs> uh, you, you win. So you made this documentary called Dying to Get on Letterman. Dying to do Letterman. Okay. And, I watched uh, it. You, you, you did see it? You I saw watched it? the whole yeah. thing. And? I like what, it. Did you like it? Okay. Well, the one thing that I, I thought was interesting, though, that where, and you caught yourself, which I thought was pretty insane. Like, you were like, you want to do Letterman your whole life. Yeah. And then you get diagnosed with cancer. So you're like, I'm going to play the cancer card. Right. Well, yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to. No, you, you basically yeah, said I, I'll that. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And, and, and then you, you thought better of it. And I thought that was pretty amazing. Well, yeah. Listen, uh, I always, I, here's how comedy works. 
Please you, tell me. You, Please tell me. Listen. Here's what I'm I've been trying to figure that out for 25 <laughs> years. I'm in my garage, buddy. Put your feet up. Let me explain. <laughs> Do so I have I, to get cancer? No, I'm in. You, no you don't. All right. <laughs> you just say you have. Uh, <laughs> People have done no. that. <laughs> no, here's story. the thing. Uh, you know, comedy, you just, you start and you start making a name for yourself. You build up a reputation and that's, that gets you into other clubs that people refer you, that you start building that up. So I knew probably a year or two on, I always wanted to do Letterman, a year or two in, I was like, I think I'm the type of comic they would have on. Yeah. I just watching it, I'm such a big fan, I watch everyone when they're on and uh, you know, I've studied the show and it had other people say like, listen, those jokes you got, those would be great on Letterman, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So for me, it was something I always knew was going to happen. And now all of a sudden I had this diagnosis and it was, I was waiting for it to happen. And now I was like, okay, well, you, you know, you've been saying someday you're going to be on Letterman. What if you're not here when someday happens? So you need to start making it happen. So the first thing was I started this project called Dying to Do Letterman. So yes, uh, to get the word out, to, I spread the story that, look, here's my situation. I put out, this is before Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. You tried to get things. a grassroots movement yes. to draw attention to your cancer in order for you to get Letterman. To, to be seen. I didn't want to get on Letterman. If they, if they just said, hey, we heard about this project, sure, come on. That's not what I want. I want them to watch my comedy or get an audition. Right. And then be on. If they, if they said you're not good enough to be on Letterman, I didn't want to be on. But you know it's what I mean? Yeah, no, it's yeah definitely. But I just thought it was interesting. There was that moment, I, I believe I'm remembering correctly, yeah. in the film where you're like, there, there might be another way to do this because oh definitely yeah <laughs> that that you know it's an awkward position you know as you know you know Eddie Brill who books right. it you know gets this email from you or yeah it didn't even make it to him I made it to a producer right, right? To one you of said? the producers what was that email uh, so they well first they email back they they heard about it I started yeah. this website dyingtodoletterman.com and people could watch my comedy and send them an email if they thought I was funny enough and uh, I said out there don't if you don't think I'm funny enough don't. But don't tell them if you don't think I'm funny enough. I don't want you to send right. send that as well. Um, but within a few months, they had enough people that had contacted them, and they they said, "Hey, can we get your address?" They sent me an email asking for my address, and then one day in the mail, I got a letterhead. You know, it was the the Late, late Show, yeah. uh, everything, and executive from the executive producer, and it basically said, "Listen, you know, we're we're sad. This is your your case, and everything like that. But it would be impossible to put you on." Oh, no. <laughs> so you know, the, and, and basically, listen, and that, that's the point you're talking about, right? Where you're like, I got to do said, this a legitimate way. Well, that's right. I say, <laughs> that's right. I said, listen, they're taking it as that. They're but not they, even right. Put the cancer card back comedy. in the deck. They would right, but now they've heard out, about right. Me. They've heard about me, and that's yeah. So that was the. Uh, the, the, the point moment. where I'm like, okay, listen, but like, did heard you about really me, not know though at that point? Them. I mean, you've been doing comedy for a while. Yeah. Did you really not know that you know the way that Letterman was booked? I knew the way that there was the process, but I knew that I knew people uh, in San Francisco, great comics. They'd come, you know, and do auditions sometimes. Eddie Brewer would come up. Yeah, I knew comics who had been waiting in that line for years, and I knew, look, I might not have those years to wait. So I didn't. I wasn't even in the line yet. Right. So this whole idea was to get in that line. And look, if, if right away they loved my comedy and said, "Hey, we think it's great. Let's do it." Sure, I would have I would have taken that. But I, you know, again, it was about it was about the comedy. I didn't want them just to be like, "Oh, this guy's got cancer." But you, but, but you knew that you were going to be viewed that way initially. Sure, of course. There yeah. was a big and my my friend Lee and Gary, who you see in the movie, we had it's not in the movie, but we had a big discussion about that. The minute I put up that website. Look, comics are cynical people. Right? I knew everyone no. <laughs> would be saying, "Oh, this guy just wants to be on because he has cancer." He, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. So comics are horrible. But, hey, I'm, yeah. I've been online for three years. To the back, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you and your cancer. <laughs> and you didn't yeah. talk about you don't talk about cancer on stage. 
No, I do if I'm playing to a cancer room. Because look, if, if I just walked out here, no one here in the audience knew I had cancer, right? right. So, I'm sorry. Except was I supposed people. to keep that a secret? No, <laughs> I don't think it would have worked well if we <laughs> plugged this movie and be like, oh, shit, he's got cancer. It changes the whole thing. What's but, a, do you do cancer gigs? I do, like, yeah, like uh, for, you know, uh, wellness centers and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, they've just heard the story and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Or like, would you come and perform for That's us? That's great. And, yeah, it, well, yeah. It's, it's fun. They've, they've got very dark senses of humor, so I love that. And, yeah. You know, they've, they've been through that. But, yeah, they're, they're open to that. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. That's a different... They know my story when I step on a stage. Most people, like... I was at the, the Punchline a couple weeks ago in San yeah. Francisco. When I walk out on stage there, people don't know. Right. So I don't... I'm not going to start my set by saying it, because then every laugh I get is like, okay, was that just because they feel bad for me, or they feel sorry for me, or that kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't say anything. If I ever bring it up, and now that we have you know a documentary, I'll, I'll plug the documentary. I'll do it in like the last two or three minutes of my set. Right. But not I want every, I want to prove that I'm funny. Oh, good. First. Right. And then if it's, if the funny's not working, do you pull it? <laughs> no, I've never pulled it out. <laughs> Great, I have five years. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot. I guess I'll just go back into the. You've been a, you've been an okay crowd. I don't know how room. many crowds I have left. This is. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I don't want to give away the ending. And uh, where can people get the movie? The movie uh, we're showing at film festivals right now, uh, so we'll be uh, here in LA soon. Um, many other festivals, uh, St. Louis. You know, you can uh, sell the movie. On TV. Yeah, we can say we're we're getting distribution, so okay. I, we, it's not available yet that you can buy it. But people can go to dinedudeletterman.com and uh, and sign up. Yeah. I have a mailing list for people here tonight if they want to sign up. Can I do that? Old school After mailing you? list. Yeah, like, you know, like old write school. Your they name sign down? exactly those things. Wow. I brought a pen. <laughs> we can all share. <laughs> The book is out. You can get it on Amazon.com and Barnes oh, & Noble yeah, and all that kind of thing. Letterman. And this one's for you. Steve Mazon, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. We can just move down one. Oh. Someone brought me, Hillary brought me this book, uh, yeah, and she said it was an innocent gift, but the book is called Optimism. <laughs> Cultivating the magic quality that can extend your lifespan, boost your energy, and make you happy now. This is a career killer. My next guest is a very funny comic. He, uh, he, he did the last comic standing thing, which maybe we'll talk to him about, but uh, he transcends it. Please welcome Maranzio Vance to the stage. So funny. Tell us about your cancer. Oh, <laughs> oh man. You all right? Uh, yeah, I just found out when you said it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to break the news. Fucking can't I believe did, I, this shit. I didn't know how to do it. We discussed it as a crowd. How I we go. came here to talk about optimism, <laughs> and you throw cancer down my face. So where the hell are you from? I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. I moved out here in 2001, right after 9-11 when gas prices went up. Yeah. So that was a shitty travel arrangement. <laughs> Not gas, cheaper than flying, that's Gas sure. went from 176 to like 349. I never seen it before. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, this is God saying, go back home. So, I, I was just in Nashville. I, I go down to... I'm I go, sorry to hear that. Go ahead. Well, no. I mean, I'm trying to be open-minded about the South. There's good people down there, kind of. They're trying yeah. to escape. Those are the ones that's trying to get the fuck out. I think some of them are actually fortifying their homes and saying, we're staying, we can turn this ship around. Yeah, that's a losing battle. (laughs) That sounds like cancer. (laughs) But you beat it, so that's okay. 
Right. Maybe, maybe there's hope yeah, okay. for the final, for the actual defeat of the. Con- <laughs> you know. You, you, I don't know. I, didn't hear, I only heard part of the story. Yeah, no, it's, it's all right. We, you just got to remember optimism. Optimism. Yeah. Here, read that while we talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Upside fucking down. What the? Let me see, let me see. Hold on, let me see. You don't down. deserve it now. Take it back. <laughs> There's a piece by Steve Jobs in here. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, all right. Oh, well. the, anyways, he. <laughs> what, too far? Too far? He's too looking soon? up right now. He's looking up. He's looking up right now. That's yeah. optimist, right? Yeah. Still? I to the think. End. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean that. It's okay. <laughs> God, I guess I I'm happy to be here. I want to say that. Uh, well, I'm have, happy you're here. I'm a fan of the podcast. I listen to it when, uh, you know. I don't know when the fuck I listen to it. I just listen to it. I don't have a real sentimental point in life. No, I appreciate like you. Right I appreciate you. Like, I appreciate you listening to it. So what What was the, like, you come out here to L.A. and you be, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. 35. You're 35. So you come out here, what, 10 years ago? 10 years ago. 25. With a dream. Of course with a dream. How's that going? <laughs> <laughs> Cancer. <laughs> I used to be a happy person. When I first moved to L.A., I was really happy. I'd seen the movies. I was like, oh, man, it's going to be great. I'm going to go to L.A. I'm going to get on and buy my mom a house. And the car I always wanted. None of that. <laughs> hey, there's still None time, dude. I, I mean, just got direct TV last week. <laughs> That's something, man. Yeah, it is. It is. $41 and the NFL package for a year for free. How's that reception during the rain? Shitty. Yes. <laughs> No, but what the hell was that adjustment like? I can't. Did you start doing comedy in North Carolina? You know what? When I first moved to LA, I think I had five minutes of material because everything I was talking about was I was not a. I'm not a. a no disrespect to Southern comics, but I'm not like a. I'm not an animated black comic. Like I'm not a Def Jam comic. Like no. Def Jam would never book me because I'm very laid back. And but the irony is they booked Chappelle back in the day. Yeah. But Chappelle was not. He was still ahead of the class in, in certain aspects of his stand-up. But they would never book me because I'm not a high energy. I don't... I well, don't. Ch- Chappelle does that thing where he's, he's, he's low energy until he goes, damn! Yeah, he and does. He's like, a, turns he's the hat around. He's yeah. kind of a character. You yeah. know what I mean? In, well, yeah, in a good sense, a, but, pops up at the end. Yeah, but it's, I'm, not, I'm not animated. I'm not... I'm not I, don't, I don't have any, you know... I don't have... Was that an intentional thing where you were like, I'm not doing that? I don't have nigger jokes. <laughs> No, in a in a positive way. Like I don't have like ah, oh, you know, you know, you ever been so poor, you fucking this, and you ever been so high that I don't have any shit like that. And what you, what, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fuck a stool on stage. Uh, yeah. and I don't have music bits in my act. And, mm-hmm. You know, I just and I'm not a. Re- you don't, don't have any of these. Uh huh. Uh huh. Bitch, you no. crazy. I don't have none of that. <laughs> I, I really I studied comedy before I really got into it, and my I, rem- I remember my two first memorable comedy specials. I watched Bill Cosby himself. What a fucking great! I just that thing like it's it, timeless. I dude, I'm telling you, man, I just watched it for real, uh, like within the last two years. Like I, it, I never. It. Well, I, I it was sort of there, but for some reason, I he wasn't one of my guys right. coming up. And and I sat down like within the last two years and watched that show and I'm like that's that's the fucking grail that's yeah, the Bible of is. comedy that dude he he sits down he doesn't even look comfortable in that he's you know, sitting he, like like he's he's in Vegas he's sitting in a chair like this with a mic like this as if it's sort of like I guess I'm doing this and. Yeah. <laughs> Right. It was it was beautiful and it was a powerful thing because as a comic we're supposed to go to the audience like hey like New York comics like motherfucker I'm in your face yeah, no. and shit like that but he just sat in the chair he was like 
they'll come to me. Yeah, the amazing thing is he decided what was fucking funny, and I'd never seen it before. It's like he's just telling stories, but there's this moment where I'm like, he's doing exactly what he wants to right. do. That one, I watched that, and then I watched uh, Stephen Wright. He had an HBO special. He did. It was like 85, 86. But I just remember at the time, I was like maybe 10 or 11, but I don't know why the jokes made sense to me, but they fucking made sense to me. And I'm like, this is the... But Stephen Steve Wright has the driest sense Dude, of humor. I, 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 I had to drink water when I watched his shit, because yeah. I'm like, this is... This is I just... Um, between so uh, thought provoking. Yeah, between me and you and ever whoever's in this room, he just came to the garage like a week and a half ago. Really? And uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure we're going to put it up, but you know we, we're we're kind of backed up. But sweetest fucking guy. I, and like he like he's like childlike and just a simple dude. Yeah. And he fucking laughs. How many comics you know that laugh? I mean, like I, I haven't was, laughed in years. More. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hollywood has stole my laughter. That should be the name of your next CD. Hollywood stole my laughter. That's my <laughs> comedy special coming out of rooftop comedy. <laughs> Thank you for the memories, LA. <laughs> no, I, I, I watched that and then I, I sat and I studied it and I was laughing at things that I didn't think I should be laughing at. And then I, um, I got into, I guess, 80, like 89, 90. I started watching more urban comics and then I watched. Uh, I got into Def Comedy Jam, and I don't know why, but I got into Def Comedy Jam. But it was all You're we funny, had. Funny, man. It was some. <laughs> don't do this, Mark. It was some. All right, I didn't, I didn't mean to generalize. Not you at all. You don't like Earthquake? I do like. I'm a That's fan of funny. Earthquake. I like Earthquake. All right. I do like Earthquake. I'm, I'm, I'm a Martin fan. I'm, I'm a huge like. Chris Rock is like probably top dollar in, in my book. Seinfeld. I watch. Seinfeld's uh, an amazing black comic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You should see him work a black room. <laughs> Shit. So Def Jam-ish this Seinfeld character is. Um, I just study people. I just studied and studied and studied. I watched Chris Rock's big-ass jokes, and I watched... Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Bob Newhart. I, don't, I, just, it just, I just gravitated to Bob Newhart, his, his TV show, his stand-up. Yeah, he's great. Woody Allen. I fucking love Woody Allen. I could watch Woody Allen all day. All right, so we get it. You're definitely against Def Jam for the most I part. I am. <laughs> You've supported it with the entire history of I comedy. I tried. I, tr- I gave it a shot. <laughs> and then I've been in L.A. 10 years, and it's hard. Like, like here's the irony. I, I can't really get booked in the black rooms out here, because in, in comedy, they have black nights. Is there like, layers just, of racism? I like, I mean, are, like, why wouldn't you be able to be booked in a black room? Because they look at me like, oh, he's not going to get, because I have a low, I'm not really low energy, but I'm low energy when I want to be, I choose. I pick and choose my battles, and I don't feel like I always have to go to the audience. Like never do I feel like I have to go to them. I let them come to me. But in a black room, they feel like you're supposed to have a certain amount of energy because they want to be entertained. Have they, you ever tanked in a black room? What? <laughs> I auditioned for Dev Comedy Jam when I was 17, and they booed me so bad. I just said, "Fuck it, I'm going to college." <laughs> And I was like, people don't treat people like this. This is not... It's almost like they rehearsed the boo before I got on stage. Like, look, when he comes on stage, we don't give a fuck what he's doing. Get the wave going. And 
The wave of booze. It was wave of booze. I was 17. I looked like I was 12 at the time. <laughs> and I didn't know the... No, no one... I didn't, I'm from the South. No one took me under their wing and said, this is how you're supposed to do comedy. I went on stage with an Adidas t-shirt, some shorts <laughs> on, and some shoes. I looked like I fucking got out of summer camp. And went on stage. I'm like, hey, let me tell y'all some jokes. They're like, get the fuck out of here. Your mom just dropped you off. And... <laughs> <laughs> we have to watch you until she comes back to pick you up. <laughs> That's my life, Mark. You're laughing at it. <laughs> Isn't that the idea? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> but what kind, what, what kind of family you come from? Uh, single parent home. My mother and father split up in uh, uh, first grade, and I uh, I, be, I assumed the, I had to go to a psychiatrist and shit because I tried to assimilate. I tried to become the father of the home and do what my dad did before, you know, after he left. And I tried to take, play his position. And it kind of took a toll on me. And I kind of grew up faster than I wanted to. And a part of me doing stand-up was because I used to make my mom laugh. So if I make my mom laugh, oh, shit, I'm going to go take this, go make some money, come back and buy her the house. Like I said, I want her to have. And it led me out here. And um, I like I said, I used to enjoy I I, I quit comedy every day. You like, do? I, I fucking every day. Did you quit today? I did. Yeah. I did before You're I got back, here. You're back, though. You're back. Until this podcast, and then I'm done. You know what I'm saying? I literally have to say fuck comedy because what's happened, and you, you know it, you know it, it's, the industry has changed so much, and they fucked us in a sense of YouTube is a new talent agency. Mm. So it's kind of like you really can't, agents and managers don't come to the comedy clubs anymore to discover talent. They hire an intern to sit in their office and watch YouTube and find out who the fuck can play a piano with their foot and then <laughs> with a parakeet on their head or something. And then they're like, oh, this guy is talented. He's got 20 million views. Let's give him a fucking show. And that's what happens. And then it's like comics that really go to the clubs to try to hone their craft and be funny and be genuine and interact with the audience. We get overlooked because agents and managers don't want to come out anymore and it, it made me do things that I did not want to do like, like what, I did play piano with your foot I, I tried it doesn't work <laughs> uh I, I did last comic standing I did not want to do last comic standing I'm grateful for the the exposure that it gave me but I did not want to do that it's not the path that I wanted to take because I knew it was bullshit in the beginning like I knew I was not I fucking knew I wasn't going to win that shit but you know that's a winning rent attitude. was due <laughs> optimism you say <laughs> Cultivating <laughs> magic. All right, uh, I just didn't want to do it, but it was no other. It was no other opportunities to get on TV. Did it help you time. out? It helped. It helped me get my Twitter followers up to two hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a start. It's man. a start. Uh, clubs. You know what's crazy? Last the last comment. When last comment standing first aired, comments would get booked immediately after that. But what happens is they don't tell you the comics that do last comment standing, they use their best material on this show to try to win this competition. So when they go on the road, it's hard to come up with a fucking good solid bit. So when they go to clubs, people are like, we've seen that shit on TV. Like, but bitch, I don't have time to write you new jokes. I just got off TV yesterday and they put me in the club <laughs> today. Like, it takes time to come up with a yeah, solid hour. Yeah, that's the one hour. thing people don't really understand. That That is the hardest thing about, whether it's Last Comic Standing or anything. Yeah. Like, if you put a CD out or I, you know, I talk about my life, about everything on right. this fucking podcast and then some of it becomes jokes and then you have people, they seem to think that we can compete with the technology of how they get shit. Yeah. We're still just people. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and you just like there's sometimes I'll get on stage and I'll be like I I'm just gonna start with this morning, um, 
that's all you can do sometimes. I know, and you're like, well, nothing really happened. Oh, that bad. Well, I got to get that new. I got to get my shoe fixed because. And then you're like, and this like, isn't going is anywhere. Doing? Yeah, like, I don't have. So it burned a lot of comments because comments would go to clubs and play the rooms and the people like, oh, we've seen that material already and they felt burned. So then when we did last comment saying the last season, which, rest in peace to Greg, Geraldo, and Mike DiStefano, like, the show just, it went, it just, it was a bad fucking idea. But it was the only way we could get exposure. I, like, true story, I've submitted for a half hour to Comedy Central four times, a different set each time. It'll come around. No. Yes, it will, dude. <laughs> I'm dude, sorry. Listen Optimism. to me. No, listen. The one thing I know from you know 25 years of, of whatever the fuck I've been doing, bitterness doesn't sell. I'm not bitter. I'm happy on this. I have a PlayStation in the house. <laughs> I play Call of Duty every day. How many zombies I kill? All I'm saying is that the one thing that I know about comedy is as much as you think that people have decided that you're not going to be the guy, one day you're going to realize they don't know who the fuck I am until all of a sudden they're like, where'd this guy come from? Right. And then you're a fucking rock star. I do. I, 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 I'm, I'm cool. Like, I've gotten great advice. Like I'm, uh... I'm actually giving a pep talk. I want you, you to are. make Did you see this shit? Oh, no. It's a rare event. The book works. <laughs> yeah, you just have to touch that book. Yeah, you gotta rub it. Yeah, I've gotten good advice. Like I, I used to live in New York. I, li- I did, uh, I did New York for two years, which yeah. made me a better comic. Yeah, it did. New Teaches York, you how to fight. Well, well, the stages are better. The the. The quality of uh, you can't fuck around. No, you can't. You gotta go on stage and like boom, 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 boom. How out here in LA, they'll let you hang yourself, and they're like, that yeah, wasn't yeah, funny yeah. at all. And then, but they'll they'll let you sit through it. But a lot of the problem, the problem with LA's crowd versus New York crowds are New York doesn't give a fuck who you are. As long as you're funny, they're gonna laugh. They don't give a how many credits you have. As long as you're funny, LA is more jaded because they're waiting on a celebrity to pop in, like the Laugh Factory. They're waiting on Dane Cook to pop in, but, and yeah. it's cool. But it's oh, a, for those who don't know, you never said it. I wrote on the uh, third season of the Boondocks oh. uh, cartoon. See that? Some people watch they my work. It. Thank you for being here, man. It's good I to see you. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thank you for having Marantio me. Morantio Vance. Move on down. Can I plug my, uh, my yep. podcast? Yeah, of course. I have a podcast that I do also. I do it on my couch in my living room. It's called Just Killing Time with uh, Morantio Vance. So if you want to... Come listen to it. It's not as high grade quality as this. Oh, come on. Marantio <laughs> Vance. My next guest is uh is is my new uh my my new buddy. Yeah, I love this guy. I don't know why. <laughs> Jonah Ray, ladies and gentlemen. Jonah Ray. You might know him from the uh Nerdist podcast, or perhaps from uh, what else? Yeah, from the Nerdist podcast. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I've been on TV. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, I was on Live at Gotham. Remember that? Sure, it was sure. That was big break. That was my that was my big break. Sure, I'm still waiting for the results <laughs> of what that can do oh. to a comic. <laughs> Amy Schumer's doing great. She was on my episode. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that's that's about it. I think. How did this fucking episode of WTF take this turn? Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking panel, huh? <laughs> it's like, 
Tonight's WTF is showcasing young bitterness. <laughs> you know, so many people no. are used to the old bitterness, but it's uh. interesting when it happens in younger men. It's a disease that afflicts anybody with a dream that they've decided has not happened. <laughs> Welcome to Los Angeles, the land of entitlement. Yeah. The title of this episode is just going to be... (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I also, I write write on the soup, and I've written on web soup. This Uh, isn't about credits, Jonah. This is about people. You just asked where they might have seen me. All right, it's about credits then. Yeah, exactly. But they're not going to see you writing. (laughs) Not the things I write. Every every sketch opens with, so you see the writer. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sketch by Jonah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll but see. Uh, here's here's the, the thing about Jonah is uh, there's a couple things that I need to, to know about. You only wrote down one thing, Hawaii. Yeah. Well, that was <laughs> I can remember other things. All right. You've got me on this fucking diet, dude. Yeah, it's true. Slow-carb diet. Which he got I, me on the fucking slow-carb diet. Which I'm not really doing much anymore. I feel like I don't want to keep mentioning it because I don't want that. I'm not necessarily here to plug his diet because, you know, he seems like a, a good enough guy, is but right? I just I just want to know how to eat. But that diet book, it's got the whole last chapter is about fucking for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I didn't read the book at first when I first started trying yeah, to diet. Yeah, who wants the book? Just tell me what to eat. Yeah, yeah. I read the cliff notes and like the reviews yeah. of the book. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to buy that. I don't want to buy a diet book. Who am I? Oh, and then I, I just went on like men.com and read reviews of like just I'm like, I got the gist of it. And I got real sick. <laughs> Nothing more. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was like, I got it. I got it. And I'm just going to start working out like crazy. And like, and like Were you, have you been eating beans? Like, fuck no. Just meat and vegetables and I'm going to be fine. And I fucking got sick. Well, there's nothing better than men talking about weight issues. I, uh, right? I can do it all day long, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and pants. I fucking talked about pants. I loved your conversation. I got pants like that once where they said, don't wash it. Yeah. If it gets smelly, put it in the freezer. Yeah. And I really should have told my roommate that I was doing that. Because it's just like, I just got so much shit from him. What the fuck? No, no, no. I can't wash them. <laughs> Why not? Because the, the store was nice. It's a nice store. I spent more money than usual on these pants. I ran into Kevin Christie, and I told him about my pants problem, because I just happened to have the, 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 pants the, the comet issue. It just occurred. Kevin Christie's another comic. I saw him at the comedy store, and I told him what had happened. He's like, oh, that's too bad, because I haven't washed these in a year, and they're perfect. And uh, I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, I, I failed my pants. I, uh, I, had, I, had a whore, I had a pants problem once. I got a, a gift certificate to Urban Outfitters because uh-huh. someone looked at me and figured out. It looks I'd like love you, it. Might, uh, you might live there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. If I keep on losing some more weight, I can model for them. Uh, but I, uh, I, I went there. They, someone gave me a gift certificate. I was like, oh, shit, I need some pants. I'm going to go get pants from uh, Urban yeah. Outfitters. And it was around uh, Christmas time. And I, like, I got a few pants. I'm like, this is going to be great. These are all good looking pants. I go into the dressing room. Yeah. And as they're not fitting on me, yeah. At all, yeah. uh, the Peanuts Christmas song "Christmas Time Is Here" <laughs> starts Christmas playing. It's just like Christmas time is not buttoning together. I was like, "That's a real pants problem. <laughs> you gotta lose weight." Oh, was that another beer? Sure. Yeah. No. But you did grow up in Hawaii, and I find that fascinating because it's so fucking weird. And, but it's, where'd uh, you grow up? 
New Mexico. Yeah, that's fucking weird to yeah, me. Yeah, but it's on land. <laughs> You're out there in the middle of fucking nowhere on an island that people fly to. Yeah. There's no other way to get there. You can go by boat. That takes too long. It does take too long, But yeah. th- doesn't that create sort of a weird disposition where you wake up and you're like, well, we're all alone out here. Well, it, it, it does if you, if, you, if you let it bother you. <laughs> Especially for, for me. So, because I'm inc- I'm incredibly white, Mark. I'm incredibly white, and uh, <laughs> I like it's like you know a lot of like my brother. He doesn't he doesn't give a shit. He loves Hawaii. He'll stay there. There's nothing and not to love surf. about it. But who? That, who well, lives if you there? like you know, like to see bands or drive more than 15 minutes <laughs> without having to take a left, you know. Like I got into like I got into music really early on, and I was just like uh, like just dream of seeing bands or like road trips. Road trips for us, for me and my friends, was forty five minutes to uh, Mililani to go to the Walmart. Oh, Walmart! <laughs> what island did you live on? Well, we go to Walmart and just which island were you on? I was on Oahu. Uh huh. Yeah, I grew up in the town Kailua, uh-huh. which is on the windward side. You know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been to Kauai. I've been twice. to Kauai twice. I've been to Kauai twice. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, every every time I tell someone I'm from Hawaii, they're like, oh, I've been to Maui. I'm like, not me. You haven't? Uh, no, why am I going to go to an identical-looking island for a vacation? I'll just go up the street. Oh, a beach, huh? Water, sand. I got it. <laughs> no, but it's right over there. You spent an entire childhood. You didn't go to every fucking island? No. What about that weird island where only the weird uh, people live? The lepers? Yeah. The Molokai. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are there really there? lepers there? Uh, well, there's, it's a former leper colony. They're, oh. all, they're all good, but it, you can only get there by boat or donkey. Oh. Donkeys go on water? <laughs> no, they go magic down the side donkeys. of the cliff. They go down the side of the cliff. The magic donkeys. They're, the donkeys are what cured the leprosy. <laughs> yeah. Little known fact. <laughs> they flew in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Flying donkeys. Uh, but I've, I've been to the, I went to the Big Island a bunch, and I've been to... Uh, but they do have that island where you can't go, right? They're, yeah, I think... Uh, uh, yeah, Lanai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That always fascinated me because you'd be on Kauai doing the beach thing, and then people were like, "Yo, no one goes to that island." And then you're like, oh, "Fuck!" Yeah, yeah. You can see the island. Yeah, yeah, and it's there, just yeah. sort of like that's the haunted yeah. island. No, no, it's just it's really expensive. Oh, really? Yeah, you can go there if you have money. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So rich lepers live there. Rich? No, no, no. Rich. Uh, well, just okay, rich let's, assholes. Let's, let's talk about the food, man. So you're you're eating that poi. I hate poi. I hated poi so much. What actually, I got into a fight once as a kid. Do you know what poi is? Do you know what poi is? Taro root pounded down to a putty. I know putty. what it is, but I haven't eaten this. Yeah. Yeah, have you? No, never. Yeah, it's the fucking worst. And, and they act money. like it's great and yeah. cultural. That's bullshit. They're just trying to fuck with us, right, when we vacation there? Yeah, yeah. no, I had people, all my family loved poi. Really? Yeah, and they said, oh, put a little sugar in it. I put so much sugar in it once that it turned, like, fucking purpley, like, <laughs> neon. Yeah. And, like, I was still sucked. And then what's the other pig? Oh, Kahlua pork? Yeah. Yeah. But you came to my house with some weird shit. Malasadas. Yeah. Which is like a Portuguese donut. It's a good treat. <laughs> it's a delightful snack when you're... Because that's what's interesting about Hawaiian cuisine. I think Sarah Vallow wrote a whole book about it. Because people just from over the years the just stopped line. there and left shit there and said, here, put, integrate this into your weird yeah, diet. Yeah, it's all, you know, it's like a little bit Japanese, a little bit Korean, a little bit country. And then they're roosters. <laughs> There's roosters everywhere. Yeah. yeah, they weren't indigenous. No. Someone fucking left them there. Same thing. Let's see. Donkeys. Yeah. Donkeys weren't there. And the wild pigs. And the wild, the boars. Yeah. Mark. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, you know, it's, it's a beautiful place, but it's the fucking worst place in the world. What's the matter? Yeah. When they become animal planet with this fucking. Yeah. And the centipedes, my friend, they get about this big. <laughs> Do they? They get, are fucking huge and scary. They fuck you up a centipede in Hawaii. Yeah. Centipedes are horrendous. Yeah. I fucking hate them. <laughs> 
So, all right. So I can't eat any more fucking beans. That's all I'm going to tell you. Yeah, no, that, that you have to on that diet, though. I, no, it's, it it's, sucks. It's, it's enough. Can... It's, it's pushed my relationship to the edge. Yeah. <laughs> I already f- I, I farted a lot beforehand uh, with my girl. So she knew. Once we started the diet, it was just par for the course, a little bit more. But it's like, it's weird because uh, it's my horrendous. farts have gotten worse. I don't, we don't, I don't really, this is like, I'm, I'm embarrassed to share this. Really? They'll be, I share a lot of things, but I don't want people to. My, my, my farts <laughs> sound like a guy trying not to throw up a bunch of food. Or it's just like, no, 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 no. Look, I got, fuck, fuck. Yeah. And that happened too, like, because my girlfriend, every time I fart, my girlfriend, she, she, she likes, she's like, ha, she thinks it's funny because farts are fucking hilarious. But then that one happened, and she's like, what the fuck? That is the worst thing that once you, you cross a fart barrier in a relationship, when you're in that zone and you surprise yourself and her with yeah. one, that's a horrendous moment. Yeah, that was a, that was a long silence after that one. <laughs> I've, I've, I've recently oh. taken it upon myself to call myself a fartist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You specialize. <laughs> I'm, trying, well, I'm trying to rationalize. I'm trying to, you know, sort of like put some sort of spin on it, where it's like, who else can do this? <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a fart recently when uh, I and it went. It was like it went freep, and, really? I, and I literally went oh, <laughs> because comparatively it was adorable. <laughs> what is this diet? I'm interested now. It's, oh, uh, yeah, we'll get you on it. Yeah, really? yeah. I, n- I need to get back on it. I really derail yeah. myself. It's beer I mean, that does it. We got to stop talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> This is the shittiest version of The View. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best version of The View. (laughs) Where guys talk about guy stuff. These pants don't fit as good as they used to. And they get real raw. Ice cream. All right, Jonah Ray, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Let's move it down. Get Mojo out here. Like, uh, some guy tweeted, you should get Mojo Nixon. And I'm like, fuck it, I love Skid and Mojo. I went and saw Skid and Mojo 1985, 86 at the Paradise. I had those first three albums. I fucking loved him. And I said, how the hell do I get hold of Mojo Nixon? <laughs> so uh, so the guy sends me an email of a guy, and I emailed the guy. I said, how do I get hold of Mojo Nixon? And then I got a, a, an email from Mojo Nixon. Nice. <laughs> he just says, I'm here. Where am I going? <laughs> Mojo <laughs> Nixon, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, set that over there for now and come talk for a minute, and then we'll make the raucous. How you doing, man? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I'm fucking great. I'm thrilled that you're here. I saw you in the Paradise in Boston, and uh, you were pounding on water jugs. And I, I was the uh, Sonic Love jugs, yeah. and we were talking about psychedelic mushrooms. You, yeah. weren't, you weren't high, were you? Oh, yeah, I was. I was back, back when you was high. Yeah, I was really high, so, and it was like speaking to me. All the noise. So and now, what what happened to uh, what happened to Skid? Skid Roper's currently serving time in Louisiana. We can't talk about that right oh, here. No. Are you serious? Uh, no, I'm fucking lying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a musician. I'm full of shit. <laughs> What's more full of shit than a comedian? A musician. A musician. <laughs> Where you been, man? Well, I've been down in San Diego. I've been working on the radio. I'm on Sirius Satellite Radio. In fact, I have a political talk show. It's called. Lion cocksuckers. Yeah. 
you know, it's you know, because that's what politicians are. Absolutely. In fact, you were talking about Bush earlier. I started it because you know Bush invaded Iraq, which had nothing to do with 9/11, and nobody was saying anything about yeah. it. Yeah. So I got, I I would go on like 27 minute rants. Yeah. You know, that had a lot of and another thing. Yeah. And I'd just be recording these things and beat, the, and I'd see my face in the mirror. I looked like Hitler giving one of them damn speeches. <laughs> my hair is all going. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'd have a headache afterwards. And, and the, must, the mustache you had didn't help at all. No, no, no. <laughs> so what? Well, well, how you feeling now? What's the, what I, you know? I'm pretty much done with music. Uh, I've been doing. I, really? I host this show, uh, Outlaw Country, every weekday afternoon. Yeah. That's kind of Steve Earle, Lucinda Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, rednecks hopped up on goofballs. Sure. How about the originals, George Jones? Oh, George Merle. Jones, and, and all the way back to Jimmy Rogers. And yeah. All three Hanks, and we play all that. Music. Hank three is a fucking trip, man. Fuck, Shelton is a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can put it that way. And uh, so that's I do that, and I also have a NASCAR talk show. I'm yeah. from Danville, Virginia. I love NASCAR. I have a NASCAR talk. Show called Manifold Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to say it like that every time, which is fucking exhausting. <laughs> I did the show last night. I yeah. did the show last night, and I know it's a good show when somebody goes, Hey, Manifold. They start calling me. It's supposed to be Man- Mojo Nixon's Manifold Dexter. Right. They start calling me, Hey, Manifold, man, tell me about that race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's sort of like it's it's weird because most of us, uh, you know, sort of uh, northern-minded liberal fucks think that NASCAR is just for morons. No, 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 no. All sports is stupid. NASCAR, <laughs> right? You're chasing a ball, right? Yeah. All sports is stupid. NASCAR is just our stupid sport. <laughs> but here, here's the thing: yeah. NASCAR starts with guys running moonshine, yeah. running moonshine. They got these hopped-up cars to get away from the revenuers. Yeah. Some some genius goes, "Why don't we put those cars in a circle? We'll sell beer and fried chicken, and we'll, maybe we'll have a bluegrass band, and we'll start butt dancing." Yeah. And then all through the hills of Southern Virginia and North Carolina, you can hear that. Woo! Yeah. Scaring the living shit out of you Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really how it started. I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but do, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Danville, Virginia, which yeah. is right on just north of Chapel Hill. Grew up in a small town. You know, and uh, I went to college in Ohio. I didn't know I was a hillbilly. Yeah. Until I raised my hand in class and said, sir, that's the epitome. (laughs) When's anybody going to say epitome in Danville, Virginia? (laughs) I could read. (laughs) Do you really come from hill people? Nah, you know, my parents parents are from small towns in North Carolina, and they were desperate, you know, to be middle class. Yeah. Because they grew up during the Depression, and they were dirt poor. Yeah. But they were hillbillies. They, yeah. they didn't have chickens in the yard, but their parents did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, did you, so you grew up with, like, that, that, that whole diet? Yeah. The, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, you know, all, all I did, my mother used to have a uh, can, a coffee can full of bacon grease yeah. back behind the stove. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She'd just reach in there. Oh, she'd get the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm in the shape I'm in today. <laughs> I ain't going to be going jogging. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hurt your hand walking? I hurt my hand, yeah. I was getting so fat and so old, I ran my hand into a door jam and it swolled up. It looked like a tick was on there or something. (laughs) There's a lot of ticks around here. (laughs) 
I need some water. I can't. My my mouth done got all dry. I asked. Like I was going to drink before the show. Yeah. I got to drive back to San Diego. Yeah. Look, I can drunk drive, but 110 miles is my limit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting older. Yeah, yeah. Slow down. I used to. I swear, we used to play like club lingerie. We play club lingerie. We drink through the whole show. We drink on the way home. Then I'd snort a big line of speed off the back of my hand. Make it through Camp Pendleton. Yeah. <laughs> Back to San Diego. Uh, my wife say, how'd the show go? Oh, I'm good, baby. Shut up. Fine. <laughs> Speed. That was a good one, huh? Oh, yeah. Some, yeah somebody gave me Adderall. Yeah. Oh, you know, they, yeah. They gave me seven. You, you really need Adderall. They gave yeah. me seven Adderalls. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd been awake for two days, and so I took one. Well, that was good. Yeah. yeah. So I took two more. <laughs> well, pretty soon, within a half hour, I've taken all seven. Yeah. That was on Sunday morning. I didn't go to sleep till Wednesday. Wednesday night. <laughs> and I just want to say I might have touched myself more than a hundred times. <laughs> and that's why I got these short pants on. I just, you know. Yeah. Easy access, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Wore the legs off, taking them off so much. They were full pants before you started taking yeah, yeah, the drugs. Yeah. Sometimes when you're that jacked but up, is this, is really... this too much information? No, fuck no, man. I one time uh, took mescaline. And uh, I didn't think it was going to hit, so I waited four hours. I left the party. I got home, and it hit. And I didn't know what else to do but jerk off. And I sat there and jerked <laughs> off like three or four times. And every time I came, it was like Aztec pinball machine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was like I was on a different planet, and I, and I thought everything was great. But as soon as I got done with that, I was like, should I go to the emergency room? <laughs> <laughs> That was a half and half drug experience. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was once on a, a bunch of speed. And I got really wasted, and then I was done cleaning my apartment, and I was drunk enough to go to my neighbor's apartment and ask if I can clean theirs. Yeah, I need to do some very spiritual vacuum cleaning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just just let just let me clean up your bathroom. <laughs> I'm not weird, man. I'm just high. Yeah. You see me in the hall, man. It's okay, right? I'm not the only one. No, <laughs> it's common. So what, now, what do, you, what do you call the music you play? Country or psychobilly? Or well, what? you know, some people call it uh, psychobilly. Uh, you know, I always, I always thought what I did was get a little hillbilly, you know, little rockabilly thing going. Then yeah. I start ranting and raving over it. Yeah. I tried to be David Bowie. Yeah. I didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Were you I, in bands? Oh, I you? was in bands. I tried to be Mick Jagger. That didn't work out. <laughs> I should just do what I do best, which, you know, I'd sit down and I'd get a little hillbilly boogie woogie going. Then I'd start telling a story. Well, actually, I'd start lying. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, extemporaneous pontification <laughs> yeah. is what I called it. You had some fucking great songs, man. We're the hits. Elvis is everywhere. Elvis is everywhere was the biggest hit. And, uh, Debbie, uh, stuffing Martha's muffin about yeah, old Mar Martha Quinn. Martha Quinn, yeah. She still won't talk to me. <laughs> Do Don Henley must die. Yeah. And, uh, now, didn't something weird happen with Don Henley? Don Henley got on stage in a place smaller than this and sang Don Henley must die with us. <laughs> And shut me the fuck up. <laughs> you know, I'm talking all shit, you know, and everything. And he gets up there and belts it out. He sh for once, I shut up. Oh, fuck. Do you guys still talk? Nah, or? fuck Don Henley. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> fucking. The Eagles are nothing but the country monkeys of the 70s. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your guys, though? Who are your guys? 
I like um, I like Elvis. I like I like Bruce. Yeah. I like you know. Look, I'm a hate filled psycho. Yeah. There's a tiny bit of me that believe Bruce is romantic with the big R, and and I want to believe that rock and roll can save my life. Yeah. Because ain't nothing else. Politics ain't gonna save my life. Yeah. Pussy ain't gonna save my life. No. Booze and drugs. Apparently, you know, jacking off the Adderall ain't gonna save my life. No. But it'll get you through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A rough spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but rock and roll will save your life. Rock and roll. And I'm a believer in rock and roll. I'm a believer in the power of music. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, uh, I, went, I, I moved to England in 1979. My plan was to join the, to join the clash. Yeah. I, w- I lived in a squat in Brixton. I, you know, and, uh, and, and did they know you were there? Now later, though, later I met Joe Strummer through the Pogues. He goes, "Oh, yeah. he said, mate, you weren't the only one." You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. So I, you know, and my parents wanted me to like to be a lawyer. Yeah, because I was full. Of, you know, I was a bullshit artist. Yeah, I want to use my bullshit for good, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. for bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I wrote a song, "Destroy All Lawyers." Got a good line in it. Uh, they got their own bar where they drink pints of greed. Let's spay and neuter them so they can't breed. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do a couple songs? Sure, man. All right, let's set up a mic. That good? That's good. All right, Mojo Nixon. Woo! I was going to do a song called uh, I Got Fired From My Job Today, but I thought of a better title. Wall Street Can't Suck My Dick, Wall Street Can't Suck My Dick, Lick My Long and Hairy Prick, Wall Street Can't... I'm going to need some help out there. I don't like banks. I don't like brokers. I don't like the Federal Reserve. I don't like chokers. Somebody needs to bail me out because I've been fucked over royally. Somebody needs to bail me out. Somebody needs to give me some grease. You know, give me a hand job, a reach around, a little grease. I mean, you're going to fuck Mojo in the ass. God damn it, man. Let me tell you something. Wall Street can't suck my dick. Wall Street can't suck my dick. Say Wall Street can't suck my dick. Say it. Wall Street can't suck my dick. Suck it in the morning, suck it in the evening, suck it at supper time. Suck it in the morning, suck it in the evening, suck it at supper time. (laughs) Now you might think, well, Mojo's just stalling because he's making this shit up as he goes along. Friends. I'm all for occupying Wall Street. I'm all for sticking it to the man. But I'm not sure that camping is going to scare millionaires and billionaires. 
a bunch of dudes high on mushrooms, camping, beating on drums, may not get it done. You know what we need to do? We need to get all them Wall Street bankers and get them lined up in a big-ass line so they can... Wall Street can't suck my dick. Wall Street can't lick my dick. Wall Street can't suck my dick. Everybody, say... Wall Street can't suck my dick. Say it! Wall Street can't suck my dick. Sing it! Wall Street can't suck my dick. Whoa! Ah, yeah! Woo! So, should have taken all those pills. My mouth's all dried out. So, so you say this is gospel, right? Yeah. Uh, about a gospel influence. Yeah. <laughs> you got one more there, Mojo? Yeah, I got one more, and uh, this next one's even nastier. But I guess what I want to is my balls hanging out yet? You know, if you get a little, you, know, you see the magic hairy eyeball, make you want to live, give you optimism. Shit, hairy eyeball fight cancer. Okay, I want y'all to sing along on this one. This one's called Tie My Pecker to My Leg. Classic. And if you don't sing along, I'm fucking somebody in the ass. Double classic. Don't not sing along just to see the ass fucking. Mojo's two and a half inches of semi-soft whiskey dick folded over. I stole that line from Doug Stanhope. Fuck, he ain't here. Let him know. Yeah, here's how it goes. Me, your mama, and some other whore floating down a river on a shithouse door. Tie my pecker to my leg, to my leg. Tie my pecker to my leg. Well, mom's getting down with her 900 number. Four dime Billy Bob will give a basset hound a hummer. Tie my pecker to my leg, to my leg. Tie my pecker to my leg. Need a woman six foot ten. She gotta be that big so I can get it all in. Go to my leg. Well, my girl so fine, wanna suck her daddy's dick. If you saw her face, she wouldn't give me no lip. Tie my pecker to my leg, to my leg. Tie my pecker to my leg. And a fucking fool. Eleven years old, went to pussy school. Go on. Tie my pick to my leg, to my leg. Tie my pick to my leg. <laughs> happens. Something about sucking a dick, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or, or fucking something. Yeah, Mojo Nixon. Thanks, buddy. Keep it going for Steve Mazon, Maranzio Vance, Jonah Ray. Thanks, Mojo. That was fucking awesome. Hang out a minute. I got a, you know how we, 
Look at all you guys singing dirty songs. That was sweet. He dragged you right down into it. I fucking love it. All right, so now we're going to uh, end the way we usually do with two very special performers. I need you to refocus on their neediness. And now for this, uh, for this uh, version of Live WTF's uh, remembrance section, of course, you know, we do eulogize uh, some of the more recent dead. Uh, please welcome Jim Earl to the stage. Nice to see you, Jim. You want to use that uh, mic there? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be very nice. If we could get the music, please. Hi, Jim. Nice to hey, see you. how are you, man? I'm very good. Let's bring it down a little bit. Okay. Tie my pecker. <laughs> to my leg. To my leg. <laughs> to my leg. <laughs> First obituary is uh, William Wolfe, M.D., originator of the modern colonoscopy procedure. William Wolfe, originator of the modern colonoscopy procedure, now practiced in well-ventilated clinics around the world has finally seen the murky light at the end of the long, disgusting tunnel. <laughs> After graduating from NYU in 1936, Wolf spent years pioneering the field of clonic investigation. Then he became a doctor. <laughs> he was the first to, de to develop a safe method for examining the full length of the colon without having to first unhook it from the family slip and slide. Oh, come on. As a result, the relatively unknown surgeon exploded from behind <laughs> to become the number one expert on where number twos come from. Oh, come on. A dedicated intestinal surgeon, Wolf was known for diving headfirst into each procedure, barely stopping even to catch a breath. Friends say there was no impediment that could keep him from getting his hands dirty. As head of the uh, New York Surgical Society, Wolf published more than 120 scientific papers, all of them double-ply. Oh, you laugh at that one. <laughs> Wolf was a gifted speaker, and his colonoscopy uh, lectures would often leave the audience gripping their seats. You expected this to go anywhere else? <laughs> his last request was that his sons might continue his legacy taint-free. <laughs> Steve Jobs. No. Steve Jobs. A man who inspired people all over the world to think outside the box is now stuck inside one. <laughs> 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 
Sources say just moments before his death, the ailing jobs turned beige. <laughs> and then dragged himself into the trash. News came as a shock to the countless Apple fans all around the world who still insist they're not going to buy his death until a later version comes out. <laughs> you know, Mark... Uh, yeah. Hi, how you doing? Mark, mm -hmm. historians rate Jobs on a par with Thomas Edison, mm -hmm. mainly because they both love to make silent movies of guys with big mustaches sneezing. <laughs> A true visionary, he was the first to see the real commercial potential of the graphical user interface, especially when it was made in Chinese sweatshops. <laughs> Among his many patents was the hockey puck-shaped mouse, or as Chinese workers call it, the only thing strong enough to snap my neck after securing the cord to an eighth-floor railing so that I may leave this daily torture and finally taste the sweet relief that is death. Mouse. Jobs recently fought hard for city planners to approve his new company headquarters built in the style of a spaceship. The hope was to attract non-union labor from Pluto who would only eat discarded Zunes. For you nerds out there, Zunes. His last wish, Jobs' last wish for, was for Apple police to search the surrounding neighborhood in order to find out which one of his employees accidentally took home his liver. This obit was made on a Mac. Jim Earl, ladies and gentlemen. That was awesome. I really love you. Proving beautifully it is not too soon. <laughs> of course, we close in the traditional way with the traditional intensity that is Eddie Pepitone. You want to? Are you re you're recording this on your phone? I always record on the phone. I always record on my BlackBerry. Yeah. Okay. You know, and then I listen to it when I'm on the treadmill. Yeah, you which is hardly your... ever. Yeah. <laughs> so but it's... or or if I'm power walking in the park, mm. uh, power walking. I'm not power walking. I'm walking. Who the fuck am I kidding? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I say All power right. walking. Yeah. I say power walking because. That is the term that's used. Okay. You know? Yeah, sure. And I try to wave my arms, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I want to talk about how fucking angry uh, I've become conscious of my anger, you know? Just now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I love being, I, you know, I thought being angry yeah. um, is good. Yeah. I, you know? I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, Are I you? That, well, but no, I but what that, about rage? What about rage? You mean when you hurt other people? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a bad thing. That's a bad I'm thing. I'm glad and we've decided that. I've become what I want to talk about. Okay, right. is I've become vegan. You know, I become vegan because I will not stand by for the slaughter of animals in general. Like I've made this stand. And look, if you're not 
a vegan, and if you still eat animals, I'm better than you. But I, I just, no, I am. And people who are, who are vegetarians and vegans, I think are better than, because I think we have to become conscious. But I'll tell you, being conscious is a pain in the fucking ass. That's right. It, being conscious is a pain in the fucking ass because I smell the things I like. I grew up Italian. Yeah. We just eat anything. But, yeah. you know, killing fucking animals is wrong. So you're no, you're no longer going to eat fear and pain and death. Yes. <laughs> I know. That surprised me that you said that. But So I'm... <laughs> But I'm still angry, I've be- and I'm putting on weight, so I'm pissed off. So you're vegan now, and you're getting fatter. Yes, what the fuck am I doing wrong? I think, what are you I eating? think I'm eating too many grains. Yeah. I'm eating too many grains, and I'm, an, I'm you- an angry vegan. I'm like, I'm like, you know, my girlfriend, I'm like, honey, where the fuck is the quinoa? <laughs> like, that's the fucking way I am now. If there is not a fucking... If there isn't some fucking kale, I don't, I don't, I don't do kale a lot. Of, that's a cliche. I don't do kale. I do like, kale. What are you eating that's making you? Fat? You do kale? Sure, I love kale. Oh, I, I'm not a big kale guy. What are you eating? I like spinach, but I like no. I like quinoa. I like grains, yeah. but I'm craving. I think taking away the meat somehow. I'm like I need like I've always been a big eater, so yeah. I need to eat stuff. Substance, yes, yes. substance. It's yeah. so hard to just. But you know what I realized, what? and I was talking about this with my shrink today. Uh-huh. This isn't a big thing, but for me, it's a big thing mm. because I'm becoming conscious. Is that hunger? Yeah, is in my fucking mind. Mm. <laughs> you know when my shrink says this shit, I get mad. Yeah, you know I'm like fuck you. She's very skinny. Yeah. You know, I'm like, fuck you. She's like, because I said I crave things. I crave things. And by the way, now I'm doing shit like, uh, because I'm trying to cut out sugar. You've cut out sugar, right? Yeah, it's for the time till tomorrow. <laughs> I get That's a it? cheat day. I don't know what the hell I is. don't believe in the cheat days because, you Whatever know, you believe in, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> you said that with such disdain. <laughs> I mean, what you, I th- is that part of your awareness? Because <laughs> I think that's really the key to you becoming. I am just such. A, I'm just such a fucking like old man now because I just fucking I freeze grapes. I freeze grapes. <laughs> I'm laughing at this shit. I freeze grapes and I look forward to them. <laughs> it's like right. how fucking sad. It's sad. It's not. It's sweet. It's good. Frozen grapes are wonderful. There's nothing. They taste it. really good, but I eat them like a fucking lunatic. Like. I get a, I don't know, I think it's a pound or even two pounds. It's tri-colored grapes. Yeah, Trader Joe's in the plastic container. Yes, exactly. Okay, sure. I love when we have common ground like that. And it's like I freeze these fucking things, and then I'm just watching. You know, I, I, I have certain things I like to watch. You know, what the fuck am I watching? It's always murder mystery. Like, yeah. I, like I like Poirot, you know. Oh, yeah, that f- he's fucking good, David Suchet. <laughs> David Suchet is good, you know. Yeah. How did he get this fucking part, you know? Yeah. Agatha Christie sucks. Because if you watch a lot of that yeah. shit, you realize it's just for Everybody gets fucking poisoned yeah. in Agatha Christie. You ever watch Agatha Christie? Everybody gets fucking poisoned. If you watch a lot of any show, you yeah. just see the little form. That these fucks do. Yeah, the, the thing that makes him watchable. <laughs> That's a problem with me. I'm such an 
anarchist. Yeah. I'm an anarchist just in my life. And I really like to be successful, you need structure. Mm. And I, I don't have any. I well, never you, you had have any the, fucking You have structure. veganism now. That's structure. No, nah, so look at me. Look, I've gotten big. So I have to fucking. So now I'm doing this whole conscious thing where I'm just going to fucking. I'm going to go home after this because I like the reward thing. You do know? you have a soda stream? Because if you. If I have what? Do you have a soda stream where you make your own seltzer? Are you fucking come. kidding me? No. What is a soda stream? It's like a little stream in your backyard. You have koi fish in it. No, I'm kidding. Do you talk to other people generally? Do I what? Do you talk to people? Like, do you live in the world we all live in? Not a lot. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. Do you? I have a I'm soda stream. I'm sick of it. I'm I, sick of I it. I know you are, but... You, you have a soda stream yeah, that makes you part of the world? What the fuck is that? Mark is doing well. He's got a soda stream. Yeah. It's a, it's a very inexpensive convenience. What is it? You, 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 you take water and you screw it onto a thing and you go... And it makes seltzer. That's fucked up, man. That's fucked no, up? No, it isn't fucked up. I like seltzer. I really I'm like seltzer. I'm drinking seltzer. You're eating frozen grapes. Who's fucked up? You're right. You're right. I'm getting less and less articulate. Since I've become a vegan. I, and my rage. It's like my rage now is so much that I just want to express myself like this. Like, hey! What do you, how is that different than any other fucking day for you? No, how but just different? say that. Like, just, just be like, hey, Eddie, how you doing? I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. You know what you, you should do? You should You should go to You should go to fucking India. All right, and ju- you spend six months at a fucking ashram. All right, and just you know, all you do is eat beans and sit. All right, I know you're doing that now, but you're doing that. I'm not doing it well. I know. That's what I'm saying. You can't you, sit in that. I'm always go, like, oh, I gotta update the website. Ta- you know, bullshit. Take like your that. film crew. You go to India. You sit and you see what happens. You sit quietly. In India? Yeah. I thought that's a bustling place. There are places you can go just to sit quietly. You should do a, a, a day-long silent meditation. Yeah? Yeah. Where you don't talk. I don't talk? Yeah. What do you think of that? I think I would, I would try it. I don't want to be one of these guys, though, who traipses traipses, traipses all over the fucking world looking for... You know themselves. Well, you'd rather just do it at home. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather do it at home. It's easier. It's easier. You fucking don't have to go to India. What a drag! Wow. So all of a sudden you're like one of these isolationist people. A little bit. Mm. Interesting. The contradictions. Yeah. Eddie Pepitone. All right. That's our show. Thanks for hanging out. Eddie Pepitone, Jim Earl, Mojo Nixon, Steve Mazon, Maranzio, Vance. Jonah Ray, you guys have been great. Chris Cooper, the very amazing poster artist in the house. WTFPod.com. I love you. Good night.